Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Just drilled him with a right hand and missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platform. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Stoffer back in the 630 Chad Studios. Yes, indeed. It has been a while since we've been here. Edmonton Oilers closing out a 10-game road trip. Last night in Denver, Colorado did not go well. Oilers finished the trip, though, 3-2 and two, and remain in first place in the Pacific Division with a huge home-and-home home coming up against the Vancouver Canucks Saturday and Sunday night. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you, along with uh, special contributor, Dave Campbell, as uh, we're uh, giving uh, Brendan a little bit of a, a break here for a day or two to get tuned up. Dave, how are you? What's uh, going on? I'm doing well. Uh, it hasn't been boring in my world at all. No, not at all. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, we will tell you, and I'll, we'll get right to that here. We'll just uh, mention uh, Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex. They are a title sponsor. Buy or lease your next office network printer before the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. When you, and Dave, you know this from traveling with the Eskimos with you and Morley. When you travel with a team, sometimes you get in your own little bu- bubble. Yep. And, uh... Uh, you know, we're obviously focused on the Oilers. This show is called Oilers now, but we care about our uh, about our teams in the city. And the Eskimos made a decision on Jason Moss. I know we had Morley on briefly yesterday before your guys' uh, full-hour show from 2 to 3 when the, the announcement was, uh, I guess, officially made or the press conference was made. Give me, give me your synopsis in terms of where we're at here with the Eskimos. Who do you think the best bet is? Uh, first of all, the, the legacy that Moss leaves. Secondly, uh, maybe who you think might be the next head coach of the team. Yeah, I, I don't think this was an easy decision at all for Brock Sunderland to make. And I think there was a lot of variables involved here. And I know he said it was 100% a football decision, and I believe that to a certain extent. But I think there was some... Um, uh, concerns within the organization whether Jason Moss was someone that could be marketable to to a fan base now. Um, there's a lot of fans that did not like this individual going back to the 2017 West Final when they're down by seven and third and four and they're driving and, and going towards the Stampeders end zone and Jason Moss decides to kick the field goal 
kick off and hope to get the ball back. It, it, the plan was kind of working until the <laughs> until uh, I think it was Jamil Smith fumbled the football, right. and then it was over. So people really question that one. But I'm not overly surprised by the decision by Brock Sunderland. Um, he could have kept him. He had a one-year left. I mean, the coach's cap has some implications here as well, which is as, about the worst thing the CFL has ever done is bring in this stupid coach's cap. And who pushed for that? And was there leadership at Edmonton that played a factor in that coach's uh, cap? There was some of it. I think it was more uh, it was more the riders okay. to keep their own guy, Chris Jones, under control. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Len Rhodes endorsed that as well. Um, but you look at the last two seasons, 9-9 nine and nine, uh, last year, 8-10 and 10 this year, made the playoffs, yes, made it in the East Final, but 6-3 and three at the midway point, and you have back-to-back collapse collapses at the midway point with two different groups. That's a concern. I thought Jason Moss grew as a coach, but there were still some gaps there. And I think his unwillingness to change and adapt to um, game scenarios and even, you know, just, you know, other stuff throughout the season. But mainly when teams adjusted to him, he had a hard time um, making adjustments for his team to, to hit back. And this was not a team that hit back very well in the in the second half of the last two seasons. All right. Well, from my perspective, and again, I'm only watching the games. I'm not down there day-to-day like you and Morley are. Uh, the, you know, I've always really liked Jason. He's been a stand-up guy. Uh, he was a huge part of that Eskimo Great Cup run in 2005 where he checked his ego. Let's not forget, in 2004, he was a starting quarterback on the team because yeah. Ricky Ray went to the States to hold a clipboard. Uh, I've always liked him personally. And the one thing I will say is discipline, and we're going to tie that into last night's hockey game. Mm-hmm. A team gets its discipline from its coach, and yep. it is a reflection. And that is when I watch Chris Morris and the Alberta Golden Bears. There's too many rough play penalties, and yep. when I watch the uh, when I watch the Eskimos. At times, to me, there were some really ill-timed penalties. They seemed to get a disproportionate amount of that compared to the other teams in the league. Especially after the whistle. Right, and that was a bit of a concern for me. Obviously, he's going to land on his feet. He's a good coach. We know that. Oh, yeah. I want to reiterate the point. I think he's a hell of a guy. I I think he's a really good guy. And he loved this city. Uh, He's basically an Edmontonian. Right. He's he's as solid as they come in that regard. So. you know, the only criticism I would add was discipline. I mean, you've had different offensive coordinators, different. De- I, the defense to me was way better when everybody was healthy, and the team was pretty good when the number one quarterback was healthy for the first half of the year. Who's going to be the next coach? Well, that's a good question. Rick Campbell is on everyone's list as far as you know at the top of that list, but he might go to the BC Lions, and the and the Lions got the jump on uh, Rick Campbell when he was uh, when he stepped down at the could, end of this. Could Moss be the offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah. Rick Campbell in BC could oh, that yeah. happen? I could see that big time. I thought Jamie Elizondo was a top candidate, but now the XFL won't let him interview for a head coaching job up here. He was the offensive coordinator in Ottawa from 16, 17, and 18 and has a great relationship with Trevor Harris, the Eskimos quarterback, and they go back to their days with the Toronto Argos. So after that, I I don't know what's out there. Paul Apolise obviously is going to be a sought-after head coach now after the Bombers win the Grey Cup. Um, you know, after that, you got Noel Thorpe maybe in Ottawa, defensive coordinator. And then you got Marcel Belfay, who's on staff as a scout. Yeah. And th- th- that might jump him up a little bit. So, Or it could be a name that we have no idea. 
yeah. about. So we'll see. All right. Well, we'll continue to monitor that. Dave's working on our show today. This is Oilers Now. Uh, we'll have a recap uh, coming up here momentarily of last night's game. Um, the Oilers are actually practicing today. It is a event tied to season seed holders over at Rogers Place. Uh, they're on the ice in about 17 minutes. Um from our broadcast location, and, and I had to voice some stuff down here today too, but it just doesn't really work if you know if you can't actually watch the practice uh, intently and closely. Uh, we will tell you we got a killer show coming up for you today. Besides a recap of last night's game, Louis DeBrusque, um, NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke at 105 today, and uh, the Oilers were on a five-game roadie. The Edmonton Oil Kings were on a five-game roadie without two of their defensemen and against some good teams in the BC division. Brad Lauer, their head coach, will join us at 135. Here's how you can get a hold of us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Enjoy the new smoke-friendly expansion, Embers, at River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. You can text us. and We have a new text line, 780-496-0063. It's our new Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors has more for your floor. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally at Bob underscore Stoffer. Dave? You can get me at Dave underscore Ched. There you go. And again, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Let's get to it. Uh, our Oilers Now Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. It uh, started out okay, didn't end too pretty for the Oilers. Here's the call. What a road trip for the Edmonton Oilers. Four games against Pacific Division rivals. Three of them wins and now in position to polish off one of the more successful road trips in the history of the franchise considering the caliber of opposition. Now Kara protecting the puck. He's got four goals on the year. Spins away from Cole. Glides behind the net. Backhand wraparound score to Jar Kara. Without Connor McDavid on the ice, the Oilers are now plus six in the month in November, but how many support goals? Kara's now up to five in the season. Granlin with three. He took it hard to Lynette there. Oh, huge hit by Ryan Graves on Alex Chason. Chason is stunned and cannot rise. At live speed, that looked clean, and now Adam Larson just smoked TJ Tynan, and now players are getting after one another. Sent dog piling out of there to Kadri. Races in Ray Wing. Race shot score. Centers one timer score, and Colorado has taken its first lead two to one. Cross ice. Here's a shot. Koskinen didn't handle it, and it was whacked home on the rebound. Colorado extends to a 3 1 lead. Avalanche look for more. Nachushkin centering pass. Backhander score. Logan O'Connor and the Avalanche have made it 4 1 on Logan O'Connor's first National Hockey League goal. That is three goals in two minutes, 32 seconds for the Avs. Here's a one-touch to Chushkin heading for the net. Comfort, he crashed right into Miko Koskinen, and, and Darnell Nurse has seen enough of JT Comfort, and there's lots of pushing and shoving, and Nurse is throwing shots at just about everyone he can. No angle to shoot, finally lets it fly, and it's redirected wide as the horn goes. Colorado finishes with 50 shots on net. Yeah, it was uh, ugly as the game wore on. I mean, obviously, things changed considerably. Uh, Larson throws a suicide pass up the middle. Alex Chason gets blown up by Ryan Graves on the play. Then Larson... 
flicks an elbow, which, by the way, is now being reviewed by the NHL. So there's a chance he's going to get suspended further for it. Uh, i got to tell you, maybe I'm just old. To me, that was a minor penalty. I thought the major was uh, excessive, and it completely changed the outcome of the hockey game. Yes, the Oilers killed the, the, the major penalty. But then Leon Dreisaitl taking an undisciplined uh, reach and, you know, stick infraction uh, on uh, Kale McCarr, and now you're down two men. And the Oilers did a great job killing off the penalty, but they had no juice after. They got out of sorts. Uh, some guys ended up sitting on the bench like McDavid and uh, Cassian that don't kill penalties for a while. And Colorado, even though they didn't score in the power play, gained momentum late. Edmonton was fine on the initial two minutes, and then after the dry saddle trip, they were just hammed in, and they did build some momentum from it to Colorado, and it was an onslaught. Oilers wasted a great performance for Miko Koskin. He was tremendous in last night's game. 50 shots on goal, and they were not disciplined as the game wore on. That's an absolute given. Again, it's a loser's lament to complain, wine, and you know what about officiating? There seems to be a trend specifically with Steve Kozari. It dates obviously back to Connor McDavid pointing to the scoreboard after Kozari uh, overruled a, uh, a goal in overtime. And then McDavid scored in the shootout, and Connor pointed to the scoreboard and probably his most demonstrative act as a player in the league so far. Um, that was a game, by the way, where both Connor McDavid and the Flames netminder David Riddick received 10-minute misconducts after the game. You know, power, it's an, it's an interesting thing, right? The refs have a lot of power, and with that comes responsibility. And I just wonder at what point does somebody say something. I mean, there were uh, – this Edmonton went 3-2 and two in the trip. They, in, a, in many respects, they got what they deserved last night. They got totally outplayed last 35 minutes of the game. They weren't overly disciplined, but there were lots of times to call strict infraction, reach infraction, hook infractions the other way. There were not. Twice there were pending penalties coming to Colorado players. Uh, once on a takedown, Sheehan got obliterated by Zadorov, and uh, Josh Archibald got tangled up with Zadorov, and they even that one up. And then on the play, you heard Jack's call with Nurse. I mean, the guy goes in there bowling for dollars. Uh, in on uh, the order sent by Enrico Koskin, and a nurse comes up and punches a guy. They even that one up. This is a road trip where Matt Benning got clubbed across the face, and two referees missed it, and he's been in concussion protocol ever since. And then they go into the order's room and apologize. In, in a game that Edmonton won, they apologize. And then last night, maybe some of you thought it was a major penalty. I did not think that was a major penalty, and I am stunned that they're, uh, you know, the NHL player safety is looking at it today. I think NHL officiating safety should be looking at the work of some of their officials. And 13 guys, it didn't, you know what, that call influenced the outcome of the game. The Oilers didn't deserve to win the game, but that call at that time changed the complexion and the makeup of the hockey game. And that's, in a league this tight, that can happen. That said, Colorado was due to have a good performance against the Oilers. The Oilers bombed them. Uh, two weeks earlier. Dave Tippett says Edmonton gave the game away last night. We killed that penalty. We get a good kill, kill two minute five on three, and come out. You think we get momentum and play smart after that? We just we gave a game away. There's a, there's a, there's a game there. If you play smart, last game of a trip, you're hanging around the game, you get those penalty kills. If you just can do some smart things, you can find a way to get maybe a point or grab two and we just didn't play smart enough, didn't play hard enough. And it's too bad because your goaltender stands on his head like that. It gives you a chance. And 
to to play like we did other than other than the goaltender and the penalty kill to play like we did was it's unacceptable for our group tip had added some additional comments on the orders on discipline play you know what I, it's not even the the heart yeah you don't you're going to take penalties you're going to lose the game right but we there was a lot more than the penalties that that hurt us tonight yeah, they were leaking chances on odd man breaks. Oscar Clefbaugh made some bad reads on some pinches. He'd be the first to tell you that. He's played super this year. Team's still in a really good spot, but that was a disappointing loss last night. Jujar Kara had this to say on the collapse. I don't think we were we were able to keep up the same pace as the uh, first two periods, I thought. The third, yeah, we were a little depleted, but I think in those situations, we just have to uh, figure out a way to play smarter, not harder. Um, and Miko Koskinen, who again was terrific last night, had this to say in the momentum shift last night. Give me a we got it there. I think they got the momentum go. in the uh, second period, and they they were keep coming, and we had tough tough times to come out of the puck with uh, come out of the zone with the puck. So it was a tough game. Oilers lost the gamesmanship battle last night. There's no question about that. Uh, Jim Matheson's got a tweet here. I've never figured out player safety. A hearing for Larson and uh, Ryan Reeves drills Oscar Clefbaum headfirst into the boards, not even a minor. And four games for Bertuzzo, a repeat offender in cross-checking players multiple times and injuring guys. Well, Jim, you're not the only one that at times doesn't understand it. I don't understand it either. And every time I bring it up, I got the four or five haters that love this in the show, but love to uh, crap on the other, and four or five haters, and like, what are you doing? That's a major penalty all day. If you're a Colorado guy, you think that's a major penalty. If you're an Oiler partisan, you probably think it's a minor. And if you've watched hockey your whole life, you're thinking, at best, that's a minor. It was not a smart play by Larson, nor was the pass. Let's establish that. Gamesmanship. And the Oilers lost the gamesmanship battle last night. Interesting, they had McKinnon on the ice with three minutes left in the game last night. I mean, Dave Tippett called off the dogs when the orders were rolling Colorado here two weeks earlier. All right, when we uh, come back, uh, we are going to uh, tell you how you can be a part of the team and get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Thanks. I expect Mike Smith in goal Saturday night against Vancouver, and I think we'll see Koskinen Sunday in the return engagement uh, back out on the coast. Let's go to this. It's time and a chance for you to join 630 Chet's Join the Team contest. It's brought to you by our friends at Japanese Village. Each day of this week, we give you a code word to enter at 630chet.com for your chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime Oilers experience, which includes... A spot in the Oilers team photo, a personalized Oilers jersey, a day at practice with Jack and myself. Well, I guess it can't be perfect. Uh, lunch with hockey management, uh, as well as a VIP experience at the Oilers game and an interview with Reed Wilkins on the City Ford Face-Off Show. Listen for new code word each day on the 6.30 Chad Mornings, the Ryan Jesperson Show, Oilers Now, 6.30 Chad Afternoons, and Inside Sports. It's the 6.30 Chad's Join the Team contest brought to you by Japanese Village. Today's code word, breakaway. 
Don't text it in. Enter it at 630chat.com. To NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing, building tailored branded programs for your team or business where your order is done on time every time at Elite Promotional Marketing. And here is Dave Campbell. Well, it's American Thanksgiving. That means football reigns supreme today, three NFL games. But we have one lone NHL game. We do. It's in Montreal as the Habs have lost five straight games. They host the New Jersey Devils. Well, Flames head coach Bill Peters issued a formal apology to Brad Treleving yesterday expressing his regret for actions pertaining specifically to the Rachel racial slur. He never named Akeem Alou. Uh, Alou responded to the news, calling Peter's apology misleading, insincere, and concerning. Former Hurricanes owner Peter Kermanos chimed in as well, saying if he would have fired Peter, he would have fired Peters if Ron Francis had alerted him to the allegations at the time. Former Oiler Valentin Zikov uh, cleared waivers following his 20-game suspension for PEDs. Bakersfield Condors thumped at home 8-3 by the Tucson Roadrunners. Gambardella, Parison each had a goal and assist, and will try to Right the ship tomorrow night in San Jose. Oil Kings had a lead last night. Couldn't hold it against the Blazers as the BC Division road trip wrapped up with a 5-3 loss. A three-game homestand begins Saturday with the Calgary Hitmen in town. Canada West leading U of A Golden Bears will play the UBC Thunderbirds at Claire Drake this weekend, Bob. Thank you very much, Dave. It's 1229 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.